0: Hello and welcome to the Expanded Conversations podcast where we discuss the current climate of education and the community members who are innovating the ways we better educate students, support teachers, and build community across sectors. Today I am pumped y'all because we have Dr. April Warren Grice, who's the founder of Liberated Genius, a location independent creation space for equity, access, and wellness. Dr. April brings dope people together to play dream and imagine infinite possibilities where underserved underserved groups are seen and their genius is recognized, nurtured, and celebrated. Together, with Dr. April Warren Grice and Liberated Genius, we reimagine and transform the lives of marginalized youth by providing equitable opportunities through learning and action. Welcome, Dr. April. Hey, thank hey. you. <laughs> we are so excited <laughs> to have you today. I'm excited to be here. I know. We got the live set up. Facebook live. Facebook what live uh, for our listeners. We have been struggling for quite some time <laughs> to get this together, but, um, you know, we, we make it work. Because we're a so we're we so we going to make it do what it do. That's right. That's right. So let's start by just asking, what is new and good? What's new and good with Dr. April Warren Grace?
1: A uh, few things that are new and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I am a Balsa Grant recipient. Woo!
0: Tell us what so, that means. What does uh, that mean?
1: Balsa Grant, the Balsa Foundation in St. Louis. Uh, it helps first-time entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and I wrote a proposal in, and I was selected as one of the final finalists, and I had to um, give a pitch for my business, mm-hmm. and I won. I was one of ten to win. Yeah, that's so big. Amazing. That's
0: that's major. That's yes. major. Congratulations on your thank win. You.
1: I'm also a new adjunct professor at Southern Illinois Edwardsville. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, Edwardsville. Yeah, and I am the director of Empower Institute, Mm -hmm. which is a healing hub for personal and personal transformation and healing. Yeah. So, just
0: doing a few things, not too just busy. Just a few. Not just, too busy. Just a few. Just a few.
1: Uh, also, uh, one of the biggest things in my life is I am a caregiver for my mom who has uh, frontal temporal dementia. Mm-hmm. And so loving and caring for her is pretty awesome and it's become an integral part of my life. Yeah. And she is teaching me to be a better person mm-hmm. and how to love better and um, it's actually changing the way I approach learning and mm. everything about
0: my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to say, and I've shared this with you before, you you are such an inspiration like when I watch, you know, the videos the Facebook videos uh, of you caring for your mom, I, I'm able to relate, I was I care for my mom uh, for seven years in her declining health and I know what it's like I can totally empathize, but it's also like it's healing for me as someone mm-hmm. who is able to watch that care and that love and, you know, what you do for and with your mom is, is amazing, so thanks for sharing that intimate part of your life with us. Yeah, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for
1: receiving it um, Mm -hmm. because she really has taught me the difference between doing loving acts Mm -hmm. versus being loving Mm -hmm. which goes right into to my work in um, regarding social justice equity and my whole life really yeah
0: yeah so for those of you who do not know like um, if you're listening whether you're in st. Louis or anywhere across this country I'm gonna need you to go to the Facebook (laughs) and look up liberated genius And follow um, this woman because um, your energy is just infectious. Um, The work that you do anytime you talk about the work that you do through meditation and like, you know, how you can integrate that with healing as far as um, education goes. It's just so I mean, I see those or I saw them initially as separate things. But when you talk about them, I'm like oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Like, Mm. that's what we need. So if you can tell us about your history as an educator and your passion for education and kind of what got you to this space that you're in today.
1: Okay. Um, I believe that wellness is social justice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I take a holistic approach um, for mind, body, and soul. I don't believe that they are separated. Mm -hmm. And um, with this wellness approach, Um, most recently I guess last year I went to India and I got to study meditation with my meditation teacher and so that has been a very transformative part of my life I learned how to meditate last year and I really believe that it is a fundamental and critical aspect of our lives that we're missing Mm -hmm. because with meditation Uh, we can tap into our deepest levels of creativity. In in addition to that, um, it it also, you know, research shows that it helps to reduce stress and just increase overall health. Mm -hmm. But that creative aspect, like Mm -hmm. I got to actually study where Einstein studied and Mm -hmm. apparently all the greats um, meditate and studied uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is where you get to your deepest level of of being and you can tap into your highest level of creativity. Mm -hmm. And so... I always ask the question, how much more powerful, more robust, more awesome, more dope would we, we be if we were really well?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if we were really well, because, you know, we deal with life and the everyday stressors. And as people of color, we deal with microaggressions yeah. and, and any group of marginalized people dealing with any type of oppression. Um, you know, we carry that with us mm-hmm. and we have that mental mental battle fatigue and um through, through mindfulness and meditation, we can help to reduce some of that stress and then we can just tap into just how awesome we really are. Mm-hmm. And so you really asked me a question that I didn't answer yet. Um, so let but me get to my there. history. you're getting there, you're getting there, yeah. Uh, as an educator, I've always been an educator. I mm-hmm. used to play school, mm-hmm. of course. I was the teacher. I
0: did too! We <laughs> and my sister, we were playing! Oh <laughs> See, my god, it was so dope! Okay, okay. So <laughs> It's not about me, it's about you. Well, <laughs> it's, it's all
1: about both of us because <laughs> we are reflections of each other. Um, so with playing school i was a teacher and it actually started off because i used to babysit and we needed like a field trip mm-hmm. and so with needing a field trip we would ride our bikes to the library because i realized like in this going into the sixth grade i was like man all the smart kids read books mm-hmm. and i had only read like three books in elementary school uh heidi and i read that at my aunt's house who was a beautician so that was the only book kid book she had but then I read The Boxcar Children, and mm-hmm. that was the only reason I read that book is because I was put on punishment and couldn't go outside. Uh oh. And then I read um, a book on Thomas Edison because I had to do it for a book report.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I always tell people this, and especially my former um, or my students, because I was like, yo, if I only read three books in elementary school, most of my high school students, they surpassed me like super, right. like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I became a teacher. Mm-hmm. So speed up. Um, so I was a high school English teacher, I taught at Rittner. Um, in addition to being a high school English teacher, oh, before that, I taught in Germany. Mm. Um, it was for my student internship, and I loved it. And I always said if I didn't go back to graduate school, I would go back and teach. Um, and then at 28, I ended up going back to graduate school <laughs> to get a PhD. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I went to get a PhD is because I was really tired of pulling students out of the hallway saying, hey, what are your plans? What are your plans for college? What are mm-hmm. your next steps? and i mean i was doing a great job there and i started a program for black and latino students taking them to the next level we went Mm -hmm. on college tours Uh, we took 20 of them to the presidential inaugural address in 2009 Mm -hmm. so i was doing great things with my team there like we were doing awesome things but i needed to make a bigger impact yeah and so i was like well if i get some letters behind my name get them letters somebody will listen a little mm, bit more mm-hmm. so i really haven't changed what i'm doing um, i've deepened my mm-hmm. theory and my practice and the research on what i'm doing in regards to equity um, so i got my phd at university of illinois urbana champaign mm-hmm. and from there i went on to uh, work at kansas state university for the midwest equity assistance center where i was a professional coordinator for I was a coordinator for professional development, and I worked in the region putting on conferences for educators on issues of equity. Mm-hmm. And then I also taught graduate courses on social justice. So, in sum, that's my little educational history. Um, but that's really not who I am. Like, yeah, who are you? I don't know. Come on, Doctor, what? who are you? Who is she? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like really who I am. I yeah. am some of my core values. One of them is fairness. Yeah. Hence, I'm into social justice. Um, and I just love to have fun. And Can't so, tell. <laughs> right? I used to have this thing called Cartwheel Fridays where I just did a cartwheel every Friday and encouraged everybody else to do it. I'm going to bring it back. Okay. Um, but um, I really I like to have fun mm-hmm. because if we think about it, when we were kids, if you think back to the time where you were, Um, one of your most memorable times where you really having fun, like your last time at recess, indoor recess, outdoor recess, or when you had genuine fun, Mm -hmm. like that's the feeling that we all want to have. Right. So imagine if we coupled that with, with our passion. Mm -hmm. And since I'm in the field of education, imagine if we coupled fun with passion and education and equity, Mm. like how much, like like, what could we do, what could we dream and create so that we're not stuck in this box and doing the same thing over and over again, which we know is called insanity.
0: Insanity.
1: Like we have to do different things in order to get different results. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, like I'm all about looking outside the box, thinking outside the box, connecting with people, collaborating with folks and having fun so we can help our kids reach their highest potential.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that's who I am. That's I'm about love, I don't yeah.
1: know. Love, wellness,
0: equity. I don't know. Yeah. So how does that trans translate into the work that you do through Liberated Genius? Uh a few thing a few ways.
1: So one, so I can um I can say that Liberated Genius we can work with either students and or the educators mm-hmm. that support those students. So with students, uh we facilitate yoga or meditation or um we can put on conferences for them specifically for students of color mm-hmm. um specifically and or marginalized, other marginalized groups. And then for educators, we work with educators um, to help them learn to tap into students' genius Mm -hmm. because uh, we at Liberated Genius, we believe that everyone is a genius that's right. because we all have something to offer this world to, to ourselves, to our, the communities around us, and to the world at large. Mm-hmm. And so what if we help students to tap into those, to their own gifts, their own gifts, talents, wisdom, the experiences that they bring with them. Mm-hmm. And so working with educators to do that, and we um, generally focus on using culturally relevant pedagogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how we really do it, through coaching, consulting, conferencing. And uh, just really bringing dope people together to watch the magic happen. Because the up. thing is, when you get, and especially when you get a group of educators together mm-hmm. that are already interested in equity yeah. and really doing for our students, like they are really for our students and not looking just to check things off a list. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just put them together, give them some food, give them some uh, beverages, like eventually it's going to lead to uh, to education. Yeah. Like always. Yeah. So that's how I like to do it. It's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay, so how how in and I'm I'm thinking about like community members. So if I'm not an educator, I'm not in education, like why should I care? Um and if I do care, then what can I do to support um equity and e- equity in education, to support educators, to support education education, mm-hmm. what can I do? So as a community member, I would say
1: really getting to know students for, real, for who they are mm-hmm. and not trying to change them into what we think they should be and how we think they should act mm-hmm. but like getting to know them just like in real life and not trying to change them letting them lead conversations yes we can bring them opportunities mm-hmm. but finding out what they are really interested in mm-hmm. and helping them and helping to nurture that that is already inside of mm-hmm. them I've taught on lots of different continents, yeah. um, in lots of different countries, and I have yet to meet a student who is not interested in learning. Yeah, But they're only interested in learning when they find out that you are really interested and invested yeah. in them. Mm-hmm. And not that like, okay, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. this. But like mm-hmm. when you really take a genuine interest in them, mm-hmm. it's just like people. Like yeah. when you just listen to people, they have a lot to say. Yeah kids are just little people yeah right and so i would say really um getting to know students and finding out really what they're interested in that would be step one and then figuring out how you can nurture and support that because often um students they may be interested in something but they don't know um how to even tap into those things that like they might have a career in that Mm -hmm. or just showing them different opportunities i always use the example so if I came into this building right now, I know that there are two doors that I've seen mm-hmm. to enter this building, but I'm sure you know that there are probably plenty more doors, yes. but I don't know them because all I know is those two doors, mm-hmm. but when you show me the, the multiple opportunities for those doors, like that just, that just opens up those opportunities even more. Yeah. And so just similar with children, with our youth, they only know a few opportunities mm-hmm. like, oh, I could be a teacher, I could be a lawyer, a banker. But they didn't know that they could be a sound engineer and and do talk radio yeah. or podcast, b- podcast recording, recording like JJ you and Faith of radio. the 314 <laughs> podcast. Yes. Like, like they don't even know those jobs exist. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right? absolutely. I didn't know they existed. Mm-hmm. And I got a PhD. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many opportunities. I'm like, oh, you can do that? Mm. You can make money off that? Yeah. So that's just one way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think because sometimes we think about, you know, education as separate. Like that's the thing that teachers do. That's a thing that happens the way it always has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you talk about the power of collaboration and people coming together. I mean, this is not something that's separate from our communities. This is something that we we need to be thinking about across mm-hmm. all sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's my hope, not just with communication through this podcast, but through Expanded Equity Collaborative, that we think about education in a different way across sectors. How mm-hmm. can um how can a sound engineer bring their gifts and talents to the world of come in the on. space of education? Come how on. can somebody mm-hmm. who's developing the next next app that's gonna do Lord knows what invest in education? How can they either come back to education, how can they teach students what to do differently, how to think differently? Mm-hmm. Um there's so much that we can do that I think that we just don't think about.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer and I got this from uh I can't even think of her name right now but one of my mentors it'll come to me probably mm-hmm. when i leave when you leave or when but, we're done talking um, yeah but <laughs> she said that we are the curriculum mm. we as in we as in the people the yeah. student is the curriculum yeah. yeah like yeah too often we try to go okay we're supposed to look for a prescription this is okay step one mm-hmm. step two step three but the reality is the student is the curriculum when we think about that student, what he or she brings to the table, what they bring to the table, mm-hmm. their experiences, their community, mm-hmm. we can use their community Absolutely. as groundwork to, to get to whatever objective we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, um, speaking about the opportunities and what community members can do is so not only finding out what the student is interested in, but also showing them the different opportunities. And I'll give an example. Uh, just yesterday, I went to, I took my niece and my nephew, my niece is seven mm-hmm. and my nephew's 13. Mm-hmm. I took them to Kyler.io's um, web design class. Okay. okay. And it was sponsored through NSBE, National Black Society of Engineers. Mm-hmm. Now see, engineers, I could have been an engineer, but didn't know nothing about it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. I could just be making bank anyway. But um <laughs> I took them there and my seven year old I mean both of them did, but they both created a website. I ain't never created a website. My seven-year-old seven year old created a website, yeah. And so now my nephew, because he was like, Oh, this is really fun, like He's like, yeah, uh, I want to like, he's already excited about coming back next week. Wow, That's the type of education that we want and hope students have mm-hmm. when they are actually excited about coming to learn something. Mm-hmm. Because now I, I talked to him about, well, you know, there's these things called internships. Maybe you can work with Jared and you can be his assistant. Yeah. And so then, say, because I'm always tricking kids into learning. <laughs> but so I'm like, well, that means that you have to practice at home so that when those students have questions and when Jared asks you to do something, right, you're ready, you're ready yeah. and you can help them out mm-hmm. and so then i told him about internships and what that looks like and how that's so invaluable because you're getting experience mm-hmm. and so now i'm putting him on game to even more stuff yeah and so now he's like yeah yeah, yeah i gotta i gotta make maybe i'll make another website so i'll right? be ready so i can practice and Hello. be
0: you know, a, a,
1: a genius come on now in my craft. come on now Absolutely. so <laughs> he can so he can like be in competition with google mm. and facebook mm. and any app designer oh my
0: goodness so yeah we can keep going, y'all. We can keep going all day on this. I want before before I ask you um, a couple final questions. I want to go back to like the wellness piece that mm. you that, that you speak about because um, I mentioned before how that just seemed like it was something separate to me sometimes. Um, and I, I know I'm not the only one. So when you think about you know education, and you think about you know um, what it means to be well and whole as an educator. Mm. Um, why is it critical for us to think about the wellness piece and the wellness aspect?
1: Why is it critical? That's a great question. That's a great question. And and wellness that that is something that makes Liberated Genius um, unique in mm-hmm. terms of uh, looking at educational equity and social justice. Um, and the reason that it's it's so critical, uh, I'll tell you, it stemmed actually. From my own lived experience but also from my own research so the research that i did i looked at black educators that that uh, created programs for black and latino students mm-hmm. and when i got those educators together they didn't even realize how stressed they were Mm. until they got into that focus group and start talking about some of the experiences they had and they were talking about physical ailments from headaches to knots in their back to hair falling out they were talking about the Mm. mental anguish and and pressure that they felt in trying to navigate the political the socio-political arena of Mm -hmm. schools Mm because they were uh, these educators were in predominantly white schools but it it really doesn't matter just the education field in general right and so they talked about how they how it was all Almost like they were in battle um, fighting and advocating for their students to, to, to really have a, a quality education and mm-hmm. to help them reach their highest potential yeah. and so in in talking about talking about their their experiences I realized wow these folks are stressed out mm-hmm. like physically mentally emotionally socially and they're not only are they trying to navigate this space for themselves, but they are navigating it also for the students. So that's like double navigation. So these folks is already in isolation because the the educators were, um, they pretty much ran these programs by themselves Mm -hmm. without the support of the schools. Mm. And they were constantly faced with, Well, you know, why don't we have stuff for black and Latino or or, excuse me for white students and this is reverse racism or or they would try to have to figure out how they could get support. And it was just it was just it was literally like it was extra extra work, additional work. They felt isolated and they were just. They were just tired
0: and not whole. Like, how am I going into the classroom and being what I need to be? And not only and not only were they
1: all of those things, mm-hmm. so they were running these programs. But these educators were also principals. They were also either teachers or counselors. So they had their regular job to That's, educate yeah. the students, yeah. all the students, or yeah. work with the entire dis- um, excuse excuse me the school. Mm-hmm. But then they were also holding these programs for for these students that weren't receiving the adequate support that they needed.
0: Yeah.
1: So these folks. They were stressed out. Yeah. And so I said, you know, well, man, like, I, was, I need to do this more often. Because simply by coming to that focus group, mm-hmm. they were able to relinquish some of that stress. Yeah. And so now, so with Liberated Genius, we have this, uh, one of our offerings is called uh, Mozilla's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Or short for, um, or, or uh, Moses Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that's named after my grandmother, uh, Mozilla. And I was thinking about the kitchen and that's where I got all my education from, right there in that right kitchen there in the with kitchen. Grandma. Yeah, um, and so, so with this, it's a Moses Kitchen is a safe space for educators of color to simply be without mm. having to worry about um, microaggressions. Without having to worry about, are these people really for all of our students? Mm-hmm. Are they really for Black and Brown students? Are they really for other marginalized groups? Are they really for differently abled groups? First language learners, uh, English is the first language. Mm-hmm. Or second language like are they really for us you don't have to worry about that you coming into a safe space yeah and so not only to be supported to be affirmed to connect with others but just to be just to be like literally when these educators have come there like i don't think there have been has been one time where somebody or multiple folks haven't started crying yeah. just 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 showing gratitude yeah being thankful that they have a space where it's for them it's for them and not only that but they're supported They're yeah. love like
0: and people can identify like you too come on right uh,
1: i thought yeah and so many yeah. times i thought i was the only mm-hmm. one or mm-hmm. i am the only one in my building mm-hmm. or i might even there it might be a number of us in the building but it's still not a safe space yeah. because when we come together then they think we plotting and colluding yes and so if if these educators are doing the work for our students Then we should be supporting them. Yeah. The number one of the number one issues in the United States is how can we increase the number of educators of color? Mm -hmm. My question is, okay, that's that's a great question.
0: What are we doing for the educators of color that we have now? How are we supporting them them now? That is a great way to to look at that because that is one of the the statistics I often use in a lot of workshops talks about the you know the whitening of. Uh, education you know that close to 90 percent of Mm -hmm. our educators in this country are white white. women yeah and so yeah that is a great way to flip that to say what are we doing now to support the 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 educators of color that we have in the classrooms now in addition to that we leave at
1: a higher rate yeah than our white counterparts Mm -hmm. so what if we really supported those educators of color i don't know supported them i don't know what might happen? They might stay. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we already know that research shows the number one advocates for students of color are educators of color, of color. Because yeah. they, they've always yeah. championed for our students because they have never seen our students as other.
0: Yeah.
1: Instead, those students are our students.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is our family. That's my little brother and sister. Yeah. Or if you're an older educator, that's my child right there. Yeah. Because we know that. That that could be our cousin. Mm
0: -hmm. Maybe they are our cousin.
1: Right. Maybe they are in our community. You know, maybe they live
0: in our community or they will live in our community. Mm -hmm. How can we support them? Okay. So how can the community support not just them, but support the work that you're doing with Liberated Genius?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So um, a couple of, them. well, man, I got a, <laughs> I got a, a laundry list of oh, we things. We got like
0: five minutes on the uh, podcast. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. How can, how can communities support? Um, there's one tangible way trying to raise money for scholarship. Cool. I was recently awarded the Apple for the Teacher Award mm-hmm. by an organization. I have to look the organization up. Um, and so I'm trying to raise scholarship money for them. And with that the name of that organization is what is that name of organization
0: but we could come back to it and add it in the show's footnotes too oh perfect mm-hmm.
1: okay so that's one way so uh donating scholarship money mm-hmm. um that's one way a
0: scholarship th- money that would support classrooms
1: that would support students students okay yeah that would okay. support uh, generally um, marginalized students okay so helping them go to college again Mm. for those different opportunities Mm -hmm. another way is a couple of things i'm trying to do um with liberated genius one is to have and a wellness retreat for educators of color yes yeah and so i want to have one locally Mm -hmm nationally and internationally mm-hmm. and so right now i'm looking for spaces for local spaces yeah. um near st louis within an hour hour and a half maybe a look too but um, just a space where educators can get away detach decompress mm-hmm. relax relate release release because those things lead to creation and manifestation yeah so that's one thing mm-hmm. uh, another thing that they can do uh, we're looking for interns um right now we have three intern posi- positions mm-hmm. but we're actually looking for like a cohort of interns okay. because I, I believe in that collaborate collaborative aspect so we're looking for a social media intern event planning intern and a culturally relevant pedagogy intern
0: okay
1: so perhaps okay. two of each nice so those are some of the different ways. Another way is say hey if you know a school district that that needs some professional development on culturally relevant pedagogy on just how to how to help all of our students reach their highest potential mm-hmm. give us a call. Yeah. That's what we do.
0: Yeah. So how can they reach you? That's a great liber- question.
1: <laughs> they can go to our website which is liberatedgenius.com or they can email me directly at dr.awg at liberatedgenius.com and that's dr as in doctor and then awg as in april warren grice at liberatedgenius.com
0: okay so quickly can you give the listeners in like 60 seconds um anything that you're reading right now any resources that you have um things that we should be thinking about right now
1: that's a great question as well Um, The number one book that I would recommend all educators and just people in general to read is Dream Keepers by Gloria Latson Billings. It's always surprising when I meet educators and they have not even heard of Gloria Latson Billings Mm -hmm. or Dream Keepers. Okay. Um, then there's also uh, some videos that you could watch, and you can just go on YouTube uh, post traumatic slave syndrome mm-hmm. so we can understand w- how slavery has impacted us and still impacts us today. Mm-hmm. Um, James Anderson's book, The Education of Blacks in the South. Uh, Sonia Nieto's book, Finding Joy in Teaching Students of Diverse Backgrounds. Ruth Nicole Brown's book, Black Girls Celebration. Mm-hmm. Waking Up White by Debbie, Debbie Irving. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of other just authors, uh, Bettina Love, Chris Emden, Pedro Nagero, I have a whole list. I'm an academic. So I see, I,
0: we see. I could. I had to stop writing. I'm like, <laughs> I can't keep up with it. I'm just going to have to listen to the playback so I can get you guys this information in <laughs> the show's footnotes. Jesus, yes. Dr. April. Yes. But this is good. This is all good stuff. All good stuff. And we thank you so much um, for sharing with us today. Um, we certainly learn and grow from you in ways that... Is gonna cause us to be and do better. Yes, because um, that's my tag. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. be the work. Like, you yeah. can't
1: try to just do the work and just check things off a of box. Yeah,
0: you have to be the work. Yeah, be the work. nothing else needs to be said be the work so I want to thank everyone for listening today you've been hearing from Dr. April Warren Grice with Liberated Genius Um, this is the Expanded Conversations podcast you can follow us at Facebook um, at Expanded Equity Collaborative on Twitter at CloseTheGap STL and certainly connect with us um, on our website um, ExpandedEquity.com for the latest news resources and events um, that connects educators and communities across sectors we want to give you some education, we want to give you some allyship, and we certainly want to give you some learning. So join us again soon. Until next time.